0: Welcome to The Wonderful World of Dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers
1: and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com.
0: Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I am so excited to introduce Italian principal dancer Carlo Delano with the Semper Opera Ballet. Now, Semper Opera Ballet is one of the world-renowned companies based in Dresden, in Germany. And like all companies around the world, they have been impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. And Carlo joins us from home, as all of our guests are these days. However, the company has begun to return to the stage much sooner than some other companies around the world, and particularly here in the UK. The company has announced that they will resume their series of gala events called We Will Dance, great name, which will see dancers on stage at the wonderful Opera House, accompanied by their world-famous orchestra. We will dance resumes with a performance on Friday the 25th of September and with some other performances into October. The company has also announced that audiences will be getting a nutcracker this Christmas, which is quite special considering many other companies around the world have cancelled this iconic ballet, which is obviously a very big income driver for most companies as well and much loved by audiences. Now Carlo only joined from the San Francisco Ballet, coming over to Dresden this year. So he joins at a very challenging time, um, not just for dancers, but for the dance industry. So let's find out about his dance life. Hi Carlo, thank you for joining me.
1: Hi, Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: It's my absolute pleasure. So you're at home in Dresden now. How have you been dealing with the coronavirus lockdown life what's it been like
1: yeah uh you know it's uh, it's been interesting i feel like with time with i mean initially it was kind of like a big shock for everybody to to stay home also like such a weird you know it never happened before right um with time i, I kind of feel like i got used to you know the quarantine mode and you know kind of got my rhythm got other stuff to do and kind of worked on that but as a dancer you know being Having the need to actually train every day, it's been it's been hard. Um, we were lucky in San Francisco that we had a bar at home, actually, against the wall, so we were able to do bar every day. But um, you know, it's still you, you're still not really able to train as much as you would like to. So um, it's, it's been it's been nice overall to be able to come back here to Europe and to be able to get into a studio right away especially when I see how San Francisco is still, you know, struggling to get back in the US in general. So even though the move was planned before the coronavirus, it kind of worked out very nicely for us that we were able to to join that right away.
0: So when did you make the decision to move? You said you sort of moved sort of as the US was locking down. Did you manage to get into Europe just at the right time?
1: Yeah, so basically we, uh, we started the conversation with Aaron here in Dresden, I think it was like November, December. Uh, we made our final call, you know, around January that we were going to move. And so, you know, everything was fine, I guess. I think in China, maybe during that period, there were already a few cases coming up, but there was still nothing to worry about, right? I mean, we were all going on about our life without really any concern. Um, so we decided to, you know, okay, let's, let's move to Europe. Let's go to Dresden and then eventually everything locked down. And, you know, there were, there were a lot of question marks for us also, because our move was scheduled for May 15th. I joined the company in May because I was supposed to dance with Dresden, the last program here in, I think it was end of June, beginning of July. Of course the program didn't happen, but I was like, you know, am I, am I going to be able to move mid-May, right? We were still, everybody was still sheltering. In place and So, so yeah, I mean, it's certainly been kind of crazy.
0: And when you moved to Dresden, you you mentioned being able to get straight into the studio. Was the company still allowing dancers in at that stage?
1: Yeah, so that was another, you know, the coming back was another interesting uh, procedure. Uh, We basically, well, we got here May 15th. We had to quarantine for two weeks, right? Those were the procedures. We could not get in touch with anybody. And, you know, think of, we got into, like, a place that we, we were renting, and it was basically there's nothing in it there was just a kitchen and a toilet and no furniture or anything so we were like yeah that's a great way to quarantine for two weeks without anything without anything to cook in it was kind of like a disaster so fortunately there were there's a lot of people in the company here that were in class with me in La Scala, so uh, they kind of helped us out, they they gave us something to cook in, something to eat with, you know, we got some food, and eventually we kind of got a head start. And after two weeks, we started um, to be, you know, allowed in society. And uh, we basically, I started taking class with the company. At the time, I think we were allowed to be three meters away from each other. So they made a calculation in the studio, I think we were doing like six or seven classes a day. And then all of a sudden, like there was a change in the regulations. Instead of three meters, it was gonna have to be six meters. So we ended up having to do basically eleven classes a day, which, and so you would do an hour class, and then there had to be an hour in between for the studios to change the air, and then there was another hour class. So it was like a crazy period for me as a dancer. It was fine because I was going in doing my class, living. But for a lot of the ballet masters, it was very very challenging to teach like. Five classes a day, three classes a day, the pianist as well, and so with time, basically we we went on holidays mid July, and we came back in August with the same exact schedule. And on top of that, rehearsals. So trying to put that together with the rehearsal and slowly, you know, I have to say we've been we've been lucky here in Germany that it hasn't hit as hard as other countries, or I don't know if they've been able to contain it better. I don't know what it is. I'm not a scientist. Anyway, truth is we have been able to relax a lot. So uh, it means that now basically we're taking class 20 people at a time in the big studio. Uh, So we only doing three or four classes a day, which gives us a lot more time to rehearse. And you know, you basically, instead of like having to teach class all day long, you can actually get something done. So um, it's, we basically slowly starting to get back into some sort of normal rhythm.
0: I and guess. are you having to? Are you having to wear masks in the studio, like other dancers so, around the world?
1: Yeah, no, actually, no. So the way it works here is that in the upper house, nobody wears masks, which I've, uh, you know, it's uh, it's very interesting considering that in a lot of other places you are forced to wear masks. So in the workplace, nobody wears a mask. As dancers, we have been required and asked to wear masks in the corridors, which I think it's a very uh, safe and actually it's not really taxing for us. Uh, to wear masks in the corridor, in between studios and everything. Once you get into the studio, you are allowed to take your mask off. Also because, I mean, it's really hard to dance with a mask on. I don't know. I've never tried. It's not really, I don't think it's designed for that. Um, pianists and teachers, I think they they, they are, you know, um, how do you say, they, they, sh- they, they can wear a mask if they want to. They feel safer their way. They don't have to, but they are, it's suggested. There you go. So, uh, so yeah, it's basically we kind of, you know, yeah, we're doing, we're doing well. Wow,
0: you're, you're so, so lucky. Some of the other dancers I've spoken to have talked about the the challenges of having to wear a mask in class and rehearsals, and the impact that it has on sensory perceptions and sit, not being yeah. able to see your own body. And So hopefully that doesn't come your way. Yeah.
1: Even just turning with it, you know, like you have this thing like right under your eyes and you can't you don't really have the same vision. So it must be really, really challenging.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very, very, very lucky. And it's great to hear yeah. that life is becoming a little bit more normal and it hopefully gives other companies around the world, you know, a little and other dancers, a little bit of hope of, you know, things can go back to normal yeah. if the, the countries you know, get their situations under control. But tell me. What inspired you in the first place to leave the San Francisco Ballet and move over back to Europe?
1: Uh, It was a little bit of a combination of things. Um, I felt in San Francisco that I was starting to get very comfortable in the sense that after six years of working there as a dancer, um, I was very comfortable. You know, like I was getting to dance pretty much everything I wanted to dance, uh, working with nice choreographers when they were coming in. Uh, and in general, I was if, if, if I don't want to say that it felt easy because it was not easy, it's still hard. Um, but I felt like I needed that extra drive, that extra push to like try and prove myself in a different environment, environment with different people. Which is why I was like, you know, maybe it is time after six years to try and change, change company and see what that does to me right it's, it, well, you know if I have more edge of growth basically um, Dresden was always a little bit on my radar as a company because uh, well I've known Aaron since I was in school because he came for my graduation at La Scala a lot of my classmates dance here um, and I've been coming here on and off in um, Field when I was dancing in Berlin I was you know coming here in and out so I've, I've seen the company perform a lot and I was always very interested by the the variety of the repertory, which it's not, you know, in San Francisco, it is wide. It is very, um, you know, uh, different and diverse, but not as diverse as as it is here in my opinion. Um, In San Francisco, I felt like we, we were lacking a lot of the contemporary choreographers, which is not necessarily something that I think I'm capable of doing or that I will ever be able to do. But, you know, it, would, it, it will be nice here to try and see if I have that. You know, I don't know at the moment. You know, I'm still always the prince in tights, but maybe, you know, I would like to try and do something a little bit different see if I'm capable of doing it. So that was certainly the, the main drive and the main motivation. Um, I personally really enjoyed my life in the U.S. So that was, you know, I, I didn't need to leave San Francisco. So, uh, And I didn't feel like I wanted to get closer to Europe, to home. I didn't have that. So that was not part of my decision at all. It was purely uh, work-related.
0: Yeah. Now that you're in with the company, you must be looking forward to getting back on stage. It's obviously been some time now, and this is really going to be well, pretty much your company debut coming up, I think. Is that right? Ash? Yeah. What are you looking forward to the most? Tell me about... Tell me about what you're going to be performing in the We Will
1: Dance dance. Yes. I'm one of the lucky people that gets to dance with somebody because <laughs> I live with my girlfriend, therefore we can dance together. Otherwise, you're not allowed to touch anybody. So we can touch, and uh, we're dancing apart from uh, David Dawson, which is uh, On the Nature of Daylight. And it's this beautiful padded on western music, and it's, you know, of course, as all of David's stuff. It's really, really hard. Uh, yes. It's like lifting from the beginning to yeah. um, So, you know, it's a good way to get back in shape because you have no other choice but to be in shape for that. Um, I, I personally, I'm not like one of those die hard people that needs the glory from the audience or needs people to clap for me. I really dance, it's a very selfish uh, need in a way. I do it for myself because I enjoy doing it. And the day I won't enjoy doing it anymore, I won't do it. So it's, uh, uh, I, I, I can't say that I miss the audience or I miss miss my time on stage, because that's not necessarily true. Um, I have missed the physicality of it, and I feel like now uh, I'm in a place where you know I get to do the part of from the beginning till the end, and it's going to be nice to be able to do it on stage, to do it on a bigger space with the lights, with the costumes, but that's definitely going to be something that I look forward to. And does your audience have social
0: distancing, or is it just going to be a full house?
1: Yeah, so it's I think it's 800 uh, 1,800 people in the house but they're only sitting 330 so i don't know i think they're skipping every line wow and then there's two seats in between every person or couple so it's it's gonna be also very weird to only dance for 330 people it's gonna be like one of those uh, shows that didn't sell so well <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's gonna yeah. be that must be you know from you from your side of the stage because although you're you know, you don't need all the accolades and the, um, you know, the applause from from the audience. So it must be nice to get at the end of your performance. And it must be, you know, looking out and really seeing empty seats and, you
1: know. Yeah, it must be. I don't know. I'll let you know how that feels. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a very interesting time for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah it's going to be a very interesting experience and I'd love to hear about what that is actually like from your side wow. of the stage when you when you do that but let's go back a little bit um you know you're as as we were talking you grew up in italy um and you actually you trained in italy and your first company was la scala why what sort of inspired you to dance in the first place and what was it like growing up as a male dancer in italy
1: uh, you know, it was not necessarily, um, I, I actually don't know why I ended up doing ballet. You know, it's very weird. It's one of those things like, you know, I just felt, I just felt like it was something that it was like some sort of calling, you know, like my parents used to like work for this, this little, they used to own a little store in the south of Italy, this little town outside of Napoli. And across the street from us, there was this little ballet school. And um, we were friends with the family, the family had kids, same age as me and my brother. And we basically ended up going to watch the performances at the end of the year, the showcase. This, you know, we're looking at like a really tiny little small school in the province, you know, nothing to call home about. So, you know, I'm watching the performances and apparently since I was really young, I kind of felt uh, drawn to it. Like, I I wanted to watch, I wanted to stay, whereas my brother wanted to just go home. So, from there, it kind of developed into a thing that I was dancing everywhere, I wanted to dance, it was, you know, and it was not not really well taken at first. I mean, it's not something that... you know, you don't want your male kid, your little boy, to do ballet. I mean, that's just not really what you want. <laughs> so, um, you know, there was a little bit of a struggle initially uh, to kind of get get that started. Um, and once I got started, you know, it was a little bit easier because then all the teachers kind of realized that I was talented, which it was also something that you know my family think of like they have absolutely no knowledge of what ballet is of what it means to go to a theater um and so all of a sudden you have a teacher that tells you, you know your kid is really talented and my parents are like what does that mean you know like what well, would you need to be talented to be a dancer well yeah his feet or like his legs or turn out and i'm saying they were like i have no idea what you're talking about so this kind of like culture shock with my family and slowly um you know so I started to move to like a little bit more of a regional school in the south of Italy, uh, which you know kind of was was definitely better than the provincial school I was in. but still, I knew that it was not the uh, it was not the school I needed to be in, mostly because I needed to be surrounded with great students, with very talented kids. and I needed to be in a place where, I was going to be also exposed to high level dancing where I was going to be able to go to a theater and watch Bolle or Zaccato or watch you know great dancers which was not possible in the south of Italy because we didn't really have as much going on in terms of performances so you know it took a while to convince my parents to send me out uh, to send me away uh, but eventually I managed uh, or you know we all kind of manage, we all grew up a little bit and we managed to make that happen, Uh, so I moved out at 16 and I was in in Milan for two years in the school, Yeah, which Uh, is where I grew up, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is
0: obviously where La Scala is based. What was it like joining the company? Tell me about your time with La Scala.
1: It was, uh, it was interesting. Um, well, my first impact when I joined it was, I don't know how it is for other dancers. That's not nothing. It's it's not something I've been speaking with my peers about, but it's weird to make that transition because you basically, you end up doing the same things that you've been doing for eight years. It's just that now they pay you. And so it's like, initially it's very, it's almost uh, unsettling. It's like, Oh my God, like, why are you paying me for this? So it's hard to like, understand though that, yeah, they're paying you and everything, but it actually now it is your responsibility in a way. You don't have a teacher following you right left and center and telling you how to work or how to do things. So it took me a while to kind of get into like a rhythm of, okay, yeah, I have my money. Now I can enjoy life. I can go out for dinner. I don't have to ask my parents for money, but that doesn't mean that I've reached the ceiling, right? There's still a lot for me to grow. There's still a lot for me to work on to get to where I want to get. So I want to say like the first four or five months I was kind of all over the places. It was really, really hard for me to like, find uh, motivation to find, you know, like I'm going to work on this. I'm going to do this right. Yeah. Um, slowly I kind of, you know, got back into it, but I realized quickly that I needed to, to change environment. I needed to be somewhere else. I needed to kind of let go of all my friends from school. Uh, because inevitably, you know, you end up after rehearsal at five thirty. Instead of going back into the room to rehearse on your own or to practice, it's like, well, let's just go and do the happy hour And Milan. You know, it's a great city. Or you know, let's go out for dinner. There's great restaurants. Let's do this. Let's do that. And you have the financial freedom, so you know, it's really hard to say no. So I left, uh, and I went to Berlin where I was basically, it was like uh, my retreat. <laughs> I call it my ballet retreat, like in Tibet, you know? <laughs> it's one of those things. Like I had basically no friends or very few friends. Uh, I was, you know, taking class every day, rehearsing every day. And then at the end of the day, I was looking for studios, working on my own, take, putting in the extra work in my free time, basically, yeah. And.
0: They're an amazing company. I, I'm a, a huge, huge fan. I, I, love their, I love the studios as well. I love their, their main studio with the high ceiling and the beautiful yeah. lighting. Beautiful yeah. So beautiful. So tell me about, you know, you're doing all of this hard work in Berlin, and of course you no doubt didn't speak German when you first arrived. What were some of the highlights while you were with the um, Berlin Ballet?
1: By, for me, it was to be able to work every day with those great dancers. Uh, Something that I feel like I missed in La Scala was actually uh, a real principal dancer category. Uh, La Scala is still, you know, I feel like now it's a little bit better, but when I joined, it was still based a lot on guest artists coming in. There was the, the principal, you know, because of the whole lifetime contrast, we won't get into that. But the principal category was kind of like ready to retire and the spots could not be filled up with younger principal dancers. So there was really not many people I could look up to on daily basis and learn from um, beside, you know, when you have a guest coming in, which, you know, they would come in like three days before the opening, do their training on their own, or, you know, do their thing and then leave after two shows. So, you know, you don't really get to see that much. So one of the highlights in Berlin for me was definitely being able to work and see those great dancers work every day. Um, and then, you know, I, Berlin was kind of like um, it took a while I felt like it was a very slow company to kind of uh, break people in so even just to get to the waltz in Swan lake it was like a struggle um like you know they would have, you would have, there were people that were had been there for like three years and they were still not doing the waltz in Swan Lake because there were other people before them so you have this very strong hierarchy so it took you know half a season for me to kind of prove myself that i was actually able to to do the cordoballet ballet properly uh and i was starting to get pushed quite quickly uh, and after yeah i was there what i joined in august till july and yeah i think i was promoted in july they promoted me to demi soloist because i danced a lot of cordoballet ballet stuff i'd been Um, casted also for some solo stuff that I performed. So, you know, I I could see that there was some potential growth, yeah.
0: And what inspired the move to the US? It's uh, quite a leap.
1: Yeah, so, well, yeah, I know. And actually, you know, between me and my brother, we were both growing up, you know, in the south of Italy, in this little town, and he was always the one that wanted to go to the US. I actually never had like this um I never felt drawn to to, to America or to uh, you know to to the whole idea of the United States uh, but for whatever reason I was the one that ended up moving there he moved afterwards but you know he's back in Italy now too so um it was I was at La Scala at that point and There were a few things that I was not happy with. So I started looking around because I felt like, you know, maybe it's time to move again. And also, you know, I'm clearly not afraid to move. (laughs) You know, that's that's one of the things like I don't, I do not get attached to places or things, you know, and my friends, they stay with me and they stayed with me wherever I've gone. Um, But yeah, so basically how it happened is that I wanted to leave. I spoke to a bunch of people and a bunch of friends and they were like, well, you know, I hear that they're looking for a tall guy in San Francisco. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't really know actually what they're doing in San Francisco. What do they do? So I went to check the website. Um, it was not necessarily a company that was on my radar because I don't know why it, it never really popped in my... I was always as a very European kind mm. of person. Um, and the US checked a lot of boxes for me because I love Balanchine, I love Jerome Robbins. Uh, I love that rap, uh, that jazziness, that, you know, that sense of like, uh, freedom in the classical form. Um, so, so, you know, I was about, I'm just gonna try it. The rap is very interesting, They that this massive focus on, on new creation, which I was also something that I had not really been exposed to in, um, in Europe, because there's much less of that compared to San Francisco. And so, you know, I went to a dish. I went there for over a weekend. I think I took two classes and after the second day, I was offered a job. And I didn't really think twice about it. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to take it. You know, I like when, 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 <laughs> I, you know, when it's going to happen again to get a job in the, in the US, right? At 21. Yeah. I was At least, you know, <laughs> so. yeah. that's
0: that's quite young to you know, move, move across the oceans. But like you say, you know, you're happy to pack your bag and.
1: Oh, yeah, something yeah, yeah. Yeah, always. Yeah.
0: And while you were there, uh, you performed well you, and you rose through the company while you, were, while you were there as well. What were some of your favorite roles? Uh, you mentioned, obviously, you know, some of the choreographers and some of the works that you love. What were the, some of the favorite roles that you had while you were there?
1: So uh, generally, you know, I, the thing that I liked the most about it was, the, as I said, the Balanchine and the Robbins. Um, you know, we had like two ballets from Balanchines a year, one or two from Robins, depending, sometimes more, sometimes less. But yeah, so we basically, I got to cover most of the Balanchine ballets that, you know, I felt like I wanted to do. Um, and then there's all the classics. The classics, you know, most of it I had already done in Europe you know, at La Scala or I already had experience with it. So, it was not uh, the main uh, reason why I went to the US. It was not to dance the Prince and Swalet. You know, I had done that already, and it's not like I was not interested in it anymore. But I was looking for something else. You know, um, and when it comes to the new creation, it, I, I, you know, I I really enjoyed, you know, also getting rela- you know, getting in a relationship with a choreographer and working on various stages. You know, for instance, we had Miles Thatcher in the company there, and we got to work quite a bit together and over the six years. And um, I liked the, the fact of like getting comfortable with the choreographer and being able to be in a room together and explore different things. That was something that I really enjoyed. Of course, you know, we had David Dawson coming in, which is also yeah. one of the reasons why I'm here in Dresden. Uh, and I absolutely love the time with him. It was incredible to work with him. And then for the class, you know, some unexpected was like you know, again that I didn't think I was gonna end up doing, but I did it. So that was kind of like a big uh, um, achievement in a way because I didn't feel ready. I didn't think it was the right thing, but eventually, you know, we worked on it with the bar master, with my partner, and we ended up, you know, I ended up feeling comfortable going out there and doing it, which is kind of important. <laughs> So.
0: And, and tell me about being promoted to principal. What was that like for you as a dancer? Did it feel like the, the big moment?
1: Uh, you know, not, I don't know. I mean, this is gonna sound really bad, but I don't know, it didn't really come out as a surprise. I mean, I kind of knew that it was gonna happen and as it should be, because, you know, you ideally you do the job and then you get the job.
0: <laughs> <You know?
1: Yeah. laughs> so I joined as always. Having done already most of the classical rap, um, I was happy to join as a soloist anyway because I was very young. Um, and over the two years that I was there with the company, I, I danced everything, basically. you know, Everything that I was asked to do, I did it. In every production, I was doing the principal role. I didn't really ever do the soloist stuff. Um, so, you know, I knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time and when is that going to happen? When is there going to be an opening? When is there's going to be enough money for my contract? But it was, you know, it was not really like uh, I didn't cry or anything because I was like, yeah, I get it. I've been doing the job. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Back to yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> things but, things you
1: know, to do. <laughs> I've fix a lot of things, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the choreographers that you mentioned, I was also... Um, i noted that you have also worked with uh, Benjamin Millipede and Christopher Wilder and Foresight. Tell me about working with those great artists. What, what was that like?
1: Yeah. Foresight was a crazy experience. He came in to, <laughs> to rework uh, pop arts with us. So we had the assistant coming in for three weeks. They kind of set up the ballet, which was a ballet that was created, I think, 15 years before Empire Sobra and so you know eventually foresight is coming in the last two weeks and he's gonna rework it and so he starts reworking it and it's changing basically the entire thing like it's changing everything and you know he's so he has such a vibrant energy in the room like you can feel that he's uh he's he's such a curious person and interesting and wanting to like try and do new things and and, trying and find that new step or the new combination or the new thing So it's really interesting to be in a room with him. And we had six hours a day. And even if we were not cold, we would still be in the room watching him work with somebody else. Um, So that was definitely one of the highlights, which I forgot about, actually, (laughs) of all the main things I've done in San Francisco. And then the best thing about Forsyth is that he came. (laughs) We were going on tour to LA actually, and I think he came and he started changing the finale of the ballet. And basically like the rehearsal was over at 6.30 and he didn't finish changing it. He basically had like, he started changing something and then he didn't manage to finish it. And it was like, well, you guys work it out. (laughs) (laughs) See you on stage. We were like, in a week, we were going to see him in LA. I was like, well, I'm going to see you in LA. We're going to fix it there. And so we kind of like tried to find a solution for him. So, you know, it's also nice to work with people that, of course, that they're, they're great minds, but they also trust the artist to make it work for him. You know, there's a sense of like, we're doing this together. It's not like I'm telling you what to do. Um, so with him, it was, that was absolutely interesting. That with Neil Pierre, was like a, a crash creation. You know, we did like... Uh, I think it was two weeks, but it ended up being six for like five days and it was already two weeks with, two, with four days off. So we basically created like a 15 minutes ballet in three days or something. So it was really, really rough. Um, also same, same kind of energy and same kind of like uh, interest in, in, in trying to create new things and trying to get something new. Uh, for that creation, I was also uh, partnered with Masha for the first time, with kochetkova which, you know, it was, when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> so, uh, but actually ended up being really fun, and we were able to actually do a lot of partnering things because of the difference in height. Um, and from there, we actually, with Masha, we, you know, we've been dancing quite a bit together. Um, and uh, who else? Ah, and Wilden, we did the 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 bound to bound. I think it, the name is bound now. That was part of the Unbound Festival, which was another crazy experience in San Francisco. Um, yeah, with uh, you know, we, with Wilden, we ended up doing this ballet uh, about cell phones, actually. Which I don't know if you've been able to see. Are you based in London? Yes. Yeah. London,
0: right. Yeah. In the UK. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: So we brought yeah. it to South as well. Actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, uh, it was a very very interesting process, also to deal with uh, such you know important matters in a way. Uh, I my main part you know was I was doing this pas de deux with uh, Yuan Yuan Tan, um, which is another uh, dancer that I've danced a lot with during my time in San Francisco. And you know with wildon you always end up creating those beautiful pas de deux and those you know and especially with Yuan Yuan that is such a beautiful dancer. So we were able to actually work very nicely together.
0: Yeah, amazing experiences. My goodness, you've just reeled off some of the the greatest names of our time, which is just it's just a delight to to hear your experience. So then you fly back over to or fly over to Dresden, and uh, here you are getting ready to get back on stage, but not really knowing what the future program is going to look like um, too much into the future. But what are you hoping, or what you know, in talking with the company? What are you hoping you might get to perform in the season or what is that looking like?
1: I, I don't really know uh, actually what is happening. It seems like we may, we may be able to do Uh Then we were supposed to do Swan Lake. We were supposed to do a, a Foresight, a Crystal balancing, Balanchine, a David, Dawson. I, you know, there were a lot of titles on the, yeah. which, oh, I don't know what happened or not. For me, like, you know, what I'm mostly interested with is, um, trying to experience dance in a different way. It's very simple. You know, uh, even the balance sheets, even the stuff that I've done already, how is that going to be like to do it here in a different environment with people that maybe have had less exposure than me to the balance sheet rep. Um, And with a different stager that is kind of going to come in and stage it probably differently than what the American stagers do. So, even those simple things I'm looking forward to. And then of course, you know, do the things that I've actually never done, which could be, you know, the Johann Hinger or the Crystal Pipe. you know, I actually doubt I'm going to end up doing those things because uh-huh. the company is so great in yeah. contemporary, which like, I really don't see why they would pick me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody crazy enough is going to end up picking me for one of those contemporary pieces. I don't know. Well, yeah, That would be,
0: would be amazing like, you know, particularly as you said it's not something you've had a huge amount of opportunities to oh. to perform um but when you have sort of engaged with that type of work how does it feel different for you as that you know very classical ballet dancer sort of mo- moving that way moving slightly differently or very differently rather
1: yeah i mean i imagine it's uh, it's very challenging <laughs> yeah, i re- even with you know more uh, neoclassical slash contemporary stuff, uh, like like David, like uh, Forsyth, it's really kind of hard to being able to find your balance when you have to be you know find your balance in the off balance. Um, so it's I, I I'm I'm looking forward to it, but you know I don't promise I'll I'll manage. You know, but I, that doesn't mean that I don't want to try. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah got to keep exploring as you as you've yeah. mentioned um a number of times to grow i've I've heard you say this a lot in this interview talking about growing and and moving and changing yeah. um and yeah. then finally, on that point about you know growing as a dancer, what advice would you give to other aspiring male dancers who would love to follow in your Italian footsteps
1: yeah. no <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know like, there's, moments, there's moments that it's like, you know, just don't even try, like, just let it go. Um, you know, it's, it, ballet, it's, it's a great job, but it's, it can be very frustrating at times. You know, it's not, uh, it's not easy, ultimately. Um, but I think in general, you know, what, what I find that uh, has been, uh, in, is an important thing, in, 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 an important trait in dancers is the curiosity. I think staying curious and wanting to know more and to explore and to try different things is uh, vital in uh, in a career as a dancer, but probably in every other field. Um, I think it's shocking sometimes when you know I speak to maybe younger dancers, and it's like they don't know uh, what uh, the story of Swan Lake is, or you know the story, of, or this, or who who is Manuel Legri, I don't know what Legris is, and it's like, <laughs> you know, why do you want to be a dancer if you don't know? You know your history right so and also uh, from, from you know if you want to create the future of dance or you want to be a part of the future of dance you have to know your history you have to know your past so for me uh it that which doesn't mean reading books you know you don't have to be a ballet nerd but i think that it comes with uh, with the passion that you have for ballet it comes that you want to know about it it's it's a natural desire it's a natural feeling to want to know more about what you so deeply love and you don't know why you love it and the more you learn about it the more you understand why you love it right so for me definitely that is uh, that is an important advice which yeah to stay curious and to want to explore and to want to try and understand more about that yeah.
0: well that is fantastic advice thank you so much carlo for joining us today from your home in your new home in dresden i'm glad to um, uh, for listeners, I can see I can see Carlo. He does have furniture, and there are art, there's artwork, so <laughs> it's nice to see that he built a home there. Um, now, for listeners who are in Dresden, who will have the privilege of being able to see a live performance, and are will be all so very jealous. Um, we will dance gala series, as I mentioned, start from the 25th of September, and then there are performances in October the 1st, the 4th, sixteen, eighteen, and 25th. And you can get the tickets, all the information from the company's website, which is SemperOpera.de. Just Google it for those people who aren't so au fait with the German spelling or uh, check out uh, Semper Opera Ballet on Instagram. Thank you so much, Carlo. Thank you.
1: Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.